hello everybody and welcome to the prime subjective a star trek podcast where currently we are discussing picard season two um with me i have my my name is chris newcomer i'm your host and with me we have michael henley hello we've got janium green is the color of my bean and we've got carrie colvin hitters yellow <laughs> very nice well welcome to today we'll be discussing two episodes we'll be discussing um episode five fly me to the moon and episode six two of one but before that we've got a very important question we haven't met in a few weeks and i need to know Ooh. carrie how you doing Oh, you're asking me first. Ooh. Yeah, I came right to you. I came right well, to you. I went to the Philly Fan Expo this weekend oh, in uh, Philly Convention Center, uh, and it was Star Trek, but, you know, it had Philly Fan Expo is great because it is not limited to just Star Trek. So whatever you're a fan of, that's going to be there at the Philly Fan Expo. But they had speaking of a variety of Star Trek people they had. Uh, they had Jonathan Frakes, who was not doing a Q&A, but he was doing autographs. He was, there was Brent Spiner, there was Gates McFadden, uh, there was John DeLancey. Um, actually, my favorite person who I, uh, saw, I saw there, the most popular Q&A that I was at, was Ming-Na, Ming-Na Wen from yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Fennec, Fennec Shan. She's awesome. And she's like, she was the most popular <laughs> one out of wow. all of those people oh She's yeah william so shatner william oh. shatner was there too and i'm like shatner is still doing all these conventions he's 91 like i would feel like you just do like one or two but he's like showing up at all of the conventions the you know what that Shat tells me nice. that tells me that yeah. shat has a lot of debt and he's got a lot of houses <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's true he's maybe maybe oh, the, chi maybe the child support be. to the undeclared children <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll start with William Shatner because he is so, he is exactly, he is like talking to your grandpa. Like you want to ask your grandpa, you're an elderly person in your life, a question like, hey, grandpa, what do you think of this? Oh, well, you did you realize that w the universe is so big and there's so many things out there that are spooky. And how does the toilet work? You know, like he just goes on and on and on. It's like, Somebody asks him a question, like he goes on for 20 minutes and doesn't really get to the answer of the question. Ah, <laughs> oh, Grandpa, you're so cute. Um, so that was William Shatner. Somebody came in behind me, a little anecdote. It's like some kids came in behind me while William Shatner was talking. And they were like, and I heard them whisper to the people next to me, what is this one all about? And the old guy was like, oh, kids these days. <laughs> So anyway, that was a really fun thing that William Shatner really confused some of the younger people at the convention as to who the heck he was and what was going on. Know your history. <laughs> know your space pioneers. Know your, yeah, exactly. Know your exactly. space pioneers. Yeah. Um, I, I, did, I, did ask, uh, I did ask Q a question. I did ask uh, John Q. Delancey is what I call him. I don't know if anyone... <laughs> um, uh, John Q. Delancey, uh, I was curious. He's a very interesting person because he's got a lot of, um, uh, you know, a large resume. I asked him He's, ri he's what... written some Star Trek books, too, hasn't he? I think he's... Oh, maybe. Wow. Perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah. He's, he's got it. You know, like, mm -hmm. that's the great thing about the, the actors are also fans, so... That's, it's fun to, to hear them talk so passionately about it. I asked him about the different dynamics that he had with um, 
the Star Trek captains and on the different shows because on every show he was on, he was acted a little bit differently with them. So I was like, well, how do you manage that? And uh, the answer was about um, Picard, for example, is so serious mm -hmm. that he couldn't be more serious. He couldn't match his seriousness. So he had to come in with this comic tone to balance out Picard because that is how that was what that relationship needed. And that was how he was brought onto the show. So um, uh, that was interesting. He didn't address his very sexual uh, sexual relationship or attempt at that with Catherine Janeway. <laughs> I I was disappointed because I wanted to open it because everyone was asking him about Picard, Picard, Picard. Yeah. This like, what's up with you and Picard? And and it was like all the same things that we hear over and over again. Yeah, like, are you guys like, together? Wanna... Are you yeah. getting married? <laughs> like, Will they? What's Will the they? deal? <laughs> Is there something wrong with uh, Q? Like, what's wrong with Q? Right. Why do you like Picard so much? Like, and, and I'm trying to get him to talk about other stuff. If you like Picard um, so much, why don't you marry him? Yeah. <laughs> sorry, that's stupid. I'm sorry. And do you invite Janeway to the wedding yeah. or no? Oh, I yeah. think you have to. Yeah, does yeah. that get awkward? Yeah. Yeah. It gets super awkward, she but she has I think. I think yeah. she's And then I asked I asked oh. Gates McFadden. I asked Gates McFadden a question. I wanted to know because again, people, you know, Gates McFadden is what was like a puppeteer, worked with Jim Henson. She yes. was directed and choreographed wow. the labyrinth. Yes. Like she has been around, like she was um, a dance instructor at Tisch, I think. Yes. And yeah. um, I, so I just wanted to ask her, I was like, well, let me branch out of Star Trek a little bit. Let me ask her a personal question. And I'm like, well, as an artistic, I'm trying, I'm like the kind of person who wants to ask something not Star Trek related at a Q and A. Yep. Like, I know, I totally get so, this. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, as an artistic spirit, what is your daily practice? Like, how do you like to create? <laughs> what did she say? <laughs> what did she say? <laughs> she, like she, get, she gave me like a bit, she gave me a bit answer. She didn't give me a real answer. Oh. She did a, She's like, well, she I like my family sex candle. <laughs> <laughs> she actually made lots of references to the sex candle during her Q&A. It was hysterical. She was like, and I'm in love with this candle that all of the women in my family are also in love with? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well that's worth the price of admission yeah. right there that's yeah, yeah. Wait, she did a, that's a humor about it that's good. she did a fun pantomime after i asked her that she did like a pantomime of her waking up and getting dressed and drinking coffee <laughs> so this is not someone who's read the artist's way is what we're finding out <laughs> or maybe or maybe she's she's guarding the secrets for her master class yeah that could be that could yeah. be it that's funny yeah so anyway i i'll 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 cede the rest of my time to the other panelists. <laughs> well, that was that sounds like a great time though. I'm, I'm glad you went. I'm glad you represented the prime subjective at this mm -hmm. conference. So, mm -hmm. And our booth was well attended, right? No, I'm kidding. Yes, I yeah. I mean, I was there with the booth. I don't know where you guys were. I was yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> I got my schedules mixed up and didn't end up making it. Mm -hmm. um, but that brings me to the question, Jay Nim, how you doing? Uh, I'm. I was at a wedding this past week. And yeah, took a big vacation for the wedding. Um, so that was cool. What was, it was great, no regrets. Um, the only qualifier is that my favorite podcast of all time, Mission to Six, which I highly recommend and love, was having its live finale show oh. on Sunday, right when the wedding was. Oh. And <laughs> it's the first like internet community I've ever been part of where I've actually talked to people who I've never met in person. And it would have been very nice to meet them. 
but I had a great time at the wedding. Got to see a lot of cousins from India who we don't see very often. Um, so no regrets. Well, good to be with family, but I know that I know that you're you're yeah. It's it's not fun to feel like you're missing out on a sort of a once in a lifetime kind of thing. But I'm sure there'll be other meetups, don't you think? For for that for that um, podcast. I mean, I don't think they're coming out with any more episodes now. So maybe maybe they'll have maybe some you should, Maybe you should organize one. Be like Jay's <laughs> Jay's party for the finale. Come on, of come on over to my studio apartment, guys. <laughs> Unofficial, yeah, I support that. Yeah, that's good. That'll be fun. Hey, Mike Henley. Hey. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, honestly, um, because I'm uh, doing some stuff at work to ensure that every once in a while I can take a vacation day, which is pretty nice. Um, I did one last week, actually. It was awesome, um, you know, because I'm still very much in this mode of just like, well, without me, nothing's going to get done, uh, which uh, I, I realize is a bad trait to have. It's just... Uh, it's just uh, <laughs> It happens to some of us sometimes. Uh, so yeah, last weekend I had a, a staycation day where, you know, cleaning up the house and, you know, uh, getting ready to go to uh, my girlfriend's parents' house for Easter and uh, yeah, and uh, getting way too involved in the new Lego Star Wars game because I am a man of simple tastes and I uh, do not <laughs> apologize for that. That sounds pretty good, Lego Star Wars. So you're, you're, are you enjoying the game? Yes, I am. Yes. Uh, because I like Legos and I like Star Wars and it's peanut butter and chocolate and heck me go wrong. Oh. Yeah. Well, that sounds just delightful. Um, I, uh, I, I need to play that game, number one. I have someone else in my, in my life who just bought it who was extolling its virtues. So now I'm kind of like, maybe I need to get into it. But it's a great series. Currently, I'm playing a game called um, Yes, Your Grace, which is like, uh, like a pixelated... Say more. King, pixelated kingdom management game. I have it on Ooh. my Switch. Ooh, I like, basically, okay. I like, like it. You, yeah, it's it's lovely. Basically, like you have to like manage your family's happiness, and if you're marrying your daughters <laughs> off to princes, oh and also God. like this supplies, and also there's a war, and there's witches. And I was like, Wait. this very, but but it's very it's very like you're. It's height. It's got that sort of heightened drama without actually having much that much that goes on besides you being like, well, here's where I'll spend my supplies this week and see how it shakes out. Next right, week. Okay. It's very bad, you know. I'm I'm playing the unpixelated version of that, Chris. It's called <laughs> Crusader Kings Three, and oh, yeah? I have had to murder seven of my nine children so they don't inherit any of my titles on Succession. Oh no! <laughs> and also. My, my Scandinavian empire stretches from uh, Norway in the north. To, is Norway the most northern part? Norway in the north to Bulgaria in the south. So Goodness. That sounds awesome. I have to check that out. What's it called again? It's No, it's a sink. It's like a sink. It, you will lose your life. I'm, I'm cool with that. It's, okay. called, it's called Crusader Kings 3. Um, Let's write that down. It's such a time. Like you, you don't play as one person. <laughs> you play as like a family, and you're trying to ensure that like your family throughout the ages like – maintains an empire and it gets really yeah like i've forced okay. several of my daughters to join the clergy so that they won't marry people who can claim titles in my land like it gets <laughs> wow. that it gets that oh, wow. yeah i've it's also like work. yeah sorry go ahead. no you, you go ahead i'm also trying to usurp the pope right now after converting oh. from yeah finnish a finnish religion to catholicism and then i'm going to steal the papacy it's going to be a lot wow <laughs> I mean, and, it sounds very Machiavellian, and I love that. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> 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 Has 
That's great. Well, that's great. Well, um, uh, we should move on to the topic at hand because we do have a little bit of a limited amount of time. First, we're going to quickly talk about some Trek in the news. There has been, I don't care if you've got some, but I've got a few things to bring up. I think we got the same things. Oh, yeah, I got to unbutton my shirt for this doubleheader of yeah. Trek in the news. <laughs> yeah, I no, I, you go, you go, because I think we're probably well, the, on the, the same the, page. the big one more, I think we're going to talk like about. Trek in the twos, am I right? There you go. Hey-o. I'm Mike Henley I'm, with the pun. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm checking my notes, and apparently I am not right. I'm sorry. Huh. Well, the big one I think we're, we're, we're going to – there's two big ones, but the biggest one I'm thinking of is the fact that they've announced that for season three of Picard, they are bringing back all of the main characters from Star Trek The Next Generation. So we're getting back uh, Marina Sirtis, Gates McFadden, um, Michael Dorn, Brent Spiner, LeVar Burton, Jonathan Frakes. I think that's it, right? I'm not missing anyone? And – Patrick Stewart, obviously. Uh, yeah, I think that's everyone, right? Yep. I, but Why I mean, I know we're all take so we're... long. Why did it take so long? They, they wanted to make us earn it, I guess. It feels like they wanted to really like draw it out and be like, and eh, now here's that thing you've been <laughs> yeah. working towards, you know? Yeah. You know, there's this... there is some cur- yeah go. I was gonna say there's this band I saw once upon a time. Um, that was just like a cover band playing in a park in Philly, and they stopped the concert until they got four people to like their Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> it's effective that's you know I mean, just give us the cast awesome. from, just give us the cast from the beginning i mean no i just left because <laughs> i don't want to stick around <laughs> and like if you're gonna ask for likes at least play something original you know yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is kind of brazen if you're a cover band yeah. you're a cover band yeah. you don't get to make that demand there's a little bit there's a little bit of kerfuffle because you know who's not in that list is Wesley Crusher. Yeah. And um I think that uh that was that also came up with a lot of on a lot of the Q and A's. Like, hey, you know how everybody's coming back? And where's Wes we, where's Wesley? Where's your space son? Where's Wesley? They can't answer it, but also they already finished filming they've already wrapped season three so if he's not in it he's not in it (laughs) why do you why do you guys think that is i don't know i think think because they were really focusing on bringing back only like really the six main they they truly are the six main cast who were there for the better part of the whole series Will, at a certain point, was diving in and out. I mean, they're not going to bring Dr. Pulaski or Tasha Yar or... But, uh, like, those people were, like, okay, Tasha Yar left the show and was... Subs- like, they those people were either substitutes or were substituted in for people, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and that's not the case for Will. Okay, There's then I'm no... going to say the thing that we don't want to say out loud, which is they don't think Will, Wheaton, Will Wheaton's going to look good on TV anymore. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's not what yeah. He hosts yeah, the Ready it? Room. Yeah, he, he hosts good. the Ready Room. Yeah. He's a, he's still part of it. Like, he's still yeah, on Yeah, they TV clearly don't, constantly. like, hate him as a yeah. network or yeah. anything. Yeah. Maybe, that maybe, yeah. maybe he didn't want to do it, too. That's certainly a possibility. Not everybody wants I don't, to do I, really yeah. think that You really think so? <laughs> I... I... I also think that the way they left Wesley as a character at the end of Next Gen, he's kind of in a weird place right now where, like, you have to... Well, isn't he, like, a space-time to... continuum he's a, traveling? He, he's like... a traveler, yeah. Yeah. So um, there's so many ways you could bring him back. Yeah. Literally, but, yeah. You could be like, those travels sucked. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> back on the ship. <laughs> I, I realize my argument falls apart when they're bringing back Brent Spiner. It's like, hey, Data's dead. So um, yeah. I realize That's that. true. That's true. That's true. That's it's true. okay. Well, maybe they'll let you at least just mention him. Like, hey, how's Wesley? Oh, he's good. Like, that's oh, he's all. Good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, he's yeah. just in this other room. We're not going to show him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you just I missed Wesley. That. He's just yeah. picking oh. up the dry cleaning. He's right here. He's just invisible and can't speak. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
Um, What's your other bit I, of news, Chris? You got another my, bit my of other, news? My other news was that it was the kerfuffle with um, the Star Trek NFTs. I think it's called Star Trek Continuum or something along those lines, which is like NFTs that are like, like licensed and sanctioned by the Star Trek organization. And like so many folks, myself included, are saying, you know, we know all this crypt- so much of this stuff is so bad for the environment. Um, and also just like this whole thing is so uh, not the point. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, right. Like, come on. We're supposed to be not about trying to own trinkets to prove ourselves right. superior yeah. to other people or make ourselves feel special. Yeah. Artificial scarcity, you know, coexisting with the Star, Star- Trek mantra. I don't know. It just doesn't. Star-, Star Trek is all about how this kind of shit is stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, sure we're going to get an like, angry um... email from someone just saying, you really don't understand NFTs. And, and, well, and I'm then, sorry. And then you also have... Whenever I, whenever well, I no, hear but... someone say that, it's always like someone who's in a pyramid scheme trying to explain why they're not in a pyramid scheme. I mean, like, well, and, 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 ne- the network has every reason to support the creation of a Star Trek NFT. Sure, like, there's no yeah. downside for them, and it would mm-hmm. make them money and get Star Trek in the news and all of that. So, not a there. there is a good chance that it would happen. I just Which felt is sad. Bad. <laughs> uh, I just felt bad for uh, seeing, like, Anthony Rapp and... Uh, Stinko Martin Green and a couple other people on Twitter basically like hawking them because then it was just like oh I get well, that, it like, and, I and that's created yeah. cast kerfuffles because because so Nico Martin Green was like diving into sort of um, hawking it and then uh, you've got um, oh what is his name now I'm forgetting his name you know not um, everyone's favorite character from Discovery um, 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 Saru Saru no I oh, mean, yeah. I mean I'm saying it in the sarcastic way. <laughs> Oh, and oh. <laughs> Commander yeah. Stamets. Oh, Stamets. <laughs> so he basically was saying he was he was coming out against it, and then the, then I guess oh. Soniqua and Anthony were on opposite side. I thought he was oh. saying, or maybe I'm wrong. Okay. I don't know. I thought maybe I misread what was going yeah. on there. Yeah, but... kerfuffle for sure. Yeah. yeah, I didn't see anyone coming out against it. I just saw Anthony Rapp and Sneaker Martin for it, and I was just like, oh, I get it. Like you're you're being told go do this on your social yeah. media. All right, I get it. It's fine. It's part of being, but like it just it still makes your heart sink a little bit, you know. Yeah. Well, they were like, what's the next What's the next generation of ways we can take money out of these sweet nerds? And NFTs yeah. seem to be the... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, once again, whenever whenever um, capitalism comes into the picture, it does tarnish the, um, the ideology a little bit, I would say. But hey, you know what? We wouldn't have it if it wasn't a money-making venture. So. I feel like NFTs are like... I dislike them very much personally. Um, and they're like terrible, but like the concept is as defensible as trading stock. Right. Sure. In my opinion. Sure. Which just makes me have a lower opinion of both. Yes. Because <laughs> like yeah. in, in yeah. theory, they're tied to some value, but it's just like how much people want them. Right. right. So they're just both. Well, kind of I, li- I listened to this whole podcast last week about this guy who would basically run like ran like a cryptocurrency um, Ponzi scheme. Where in the end he faked his death and there was like 250 million dollars worth of people's money that was lost in the blockchain because he had <laughs> quote unquote died and he was the only one who had the like lock who could get in so it's just you know like i'm already like i susceptible to someone being like hey go to hey i'm in a meeting can you go to cvs and buy five amazon gift cards for me and so i was like that's i'm more i'm susceptible enough to the basic ones let alone the basic <laughs> <laughs> I don't need I don't need an advanced scam to take me out exactly the basic right. ones well. Yeah. No, like, I don't like, even understand on like any level whatsoever. I mean, I read a story. I read Sorry. a story about a 13-year-old girl who made like a million dollars selling her NFT art because they have 
some sort of social network for uh, children, for teens, like that is specifically, you know, safe, a safe place for teens. So there's all these like young TikTok-ish new generations. But anyway, she's made a million dollars just selling her oh my God. NFT mm-hmm. art. That's <laughs> she's crazy. 13 years old. That's insane. So I guess no, don't, just... don't knock it till you try it. I know, and once again, don't take, financial, out there. don't take financial advice for me, the person who took out student loans to go to art school and graduate as yeah. the economy collapsed in 2009. Yeah. So really, really, I mean, no, no, like get into it by all means, but like also get out as soon as you can make yeah, money. Right. And yeah, certainly yeah, don't yeah, hold yeah. on to that yeah. shit. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Don't yeah, hold exactly. on to it. Yeah. Well, shall we? Shall we talk about these episodes, my friends? We shall. Let us show. Great. So you don't want to talk right about in? NFTs from four people who don't understand them very much? <laughs> yeah. I watched one two-hour video on YouTube, so I understand them. Yeah, I barely remember what NFT stands for. I do know. Non-fungible token, I do know. Nose, feet, and teeth. Yeah. Nose, feet, <laughs> Go to my NFT guy. He's going to check me out real good. <laughs> um, so the first episode we're going to talk about is uh, episode five, Fly Me to the Moon. Um, so... Uh, so basically, we, we leave them and Picard and the Watcher have finally met up. He's disapp- he had just disappeared in that crazy cloud of smoke. So as a Picard speaks with the Watcher, he quickly realizes they are only taking on the appearance of Laris. They only have the appearance of Laris, I should say, and they don't Wait, know you missed the you missed the opening with the, with the shuttle. Um... Where Rene, Rene Picard is... Um... Yes, you're right, you're right. So there's no... Yes, Rene Picard is basically... Um, going through a test of her flight mission to um, to Europa and she uh, is basically it fails and you can tell that she's really down on herself and she's questioning what's going on and gives us an insight into her mindset that she's in as we go into this episode um, and then uh, we see Picard uh, speaking with the watcher and uh, realizing that it's not in fact Laris just someone who looks like Laris and they don't know who Q is um, and that watcher reveals they're tasked with protecting a key figure in the timeline uh, which turns out to be Picard's ancestor and aspiring astronaut Rene, who we know from that earlier scene. Uh, Picard uh, realizes that the Watcher holds a similar safeguarding role as Gary Seven from the original series, who did the similar kind of job. Um, the Watcher shares a recording of one of Rene's therapy sessions, uh, and Picard discovers Q is posing as Rene's therapist in order to talk her out of her upcoming NASA mission and drastically change history. Uh, and elsewhere, Raffi and Seven of Nine intercept the ice convoy transporting Chris Rios, disabling its engines and freeing Rios and the other detainees in the commotion. Um, and meanwhile, back in France, the Borg Queen places an emergency call to the local police using La Sirena's communication system, claiming that a woman is being attacked at the Picard family vineyard. Uh, the Queen lures the assisting police officer inside La Sirena, subdues him easily. And the Borg then brings Jurati into the hostage situation, threatens to assimilate the officer unless she submits herself for assimilation instead. Um, and instead we see, Jur- we, we see at this point, Jurati shoots the queen and gives recovering officer something to erase his memory of the incident. So thoughts on this sort of first beginning half of this episode? Well, you know, I'm going to give you, and when I say you, I mean the listeners, you know, I'm going to give us another homework assignment. Because this is the thing that I've decided I was going to do. It's just going to point out other episodes that you could watch to supplement your viewing pleasure. Uh, well, actually, my first thoughts is that I like, I like, I like this episode. I like where it's going. 
um, initially when I'm watching this episode. I'm like, okay, all right, I'm excited. Let's see, let's see what goes on. But definitely watch Assignment Earth, the second uh, season of Star Trek, the original series where they do talk about um, Gary Seven. So it was really fun. It's really fun when they do this on 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 uh, Star Trek and when they uh, reference little tidbits from other shows. I, I love it, I love it. That's why I'm always looking up the Easter eggs and stuff. Um, but yeah, there's supervisor, other, uh, worlds that we don't know yet on the TV show. We don't know the name of their race. We don't know where their planet is yet, but they, uh, train, uh, humans to, um, supervise and guard and watch the timeline. I think it was going to be, I think they wanted it to be a spinoff in the sixties, but it, it never did. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I love the board tapping into the internet. That's what it felt like to me. I was like, uh oh, yeah. she discovered the internet. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised by how easy it was. Like, there weren't any safeguards in place to prevent this highly advanced cybernetic being from accessing. Yeah, why would they? Why, she was from like 400 years in the future. So yeah, I mean, if anyone's you... going to be able to. <laughs> Yeah, if you haven't watched, she just kind of tries different voices until Rios's voice works, and then she's able to do whatever she wants on the ship with voice commands. She's like, come on, at least put a password. Like, we have those in, even in this day and age. A <laughs> voice password. But that's, that's, that's like a classic next-gen thing, too, whenever, like, Data got, you know, um, mind-twisted, and suddenly he can just do everyone's voice, so he's, like, doing Picard. And yeah. But he but he had to say, like, these really long passwords. Right. Alpha, that, Delta, Bravo, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Like, he yeah. says, like, they're, like, nine... They're like nine, yeah. like nine Greek letters long, and yeah. here, like, Borg Queen just does the voice and is good to go. Because come on, there's got to be aliens that can impersonate voices out there, right? Sure. Yeah, the, sure. the yeah. famous impressionists of the impressionist yeah, system. Yeah, that has always been a weird. Good. Yeah, there's always been a. <laughs> I'm sorry that I talked <laughs> over your joke. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, always been a weird loophole on Star Trek where you know the voice recognition. <laughs> software <Yeah. laughs> it's like okay guys you got all this technology but uh voice recognition software you're still hackable so especially the way they kind of dismiss you know like things that could challenge it because like i feel like i feel like you know obviously odo was a shapeshifter on these space nine he could always impersonate people but it always feels like a weird kind of basically just like just like yeah there's no way that any kind of security oh except like this like one-off thing or maybe that one-off thing or maybe that one-off thing right. or maybe oda could do it you know it's just like well yeah. maybe come up with a better system i don't know well the other thing is if we didn't have ways that the security could be breached mm. then yes. things like the, the board queen taking over the ship wouldn't yes. be able to happen so we do need the, yeah. we do need yeah, these we little foils but, yeah. but make her make her work for it a little you know like you could yeah. at least start by putting a sound dampening cone around her they have those in discovery <laughs> that's true that's true they that's literally true. have that's a thing true. that would solve this problem they do yeah. have the cone of silence that's true that's very good, <laughs> yeah. that's, very good. that's the future that's cone the future of silence. that's we the are, cone of silence if, is in the future if you have noise canceling headphones you already live in a cone of silence <laughs> if yeah. they work well um, I, I do kind of like that they make it not completely um, uh, impervious. You got to have a oh, little yeah. bit of a, yeah. Mm. We would I be was, more annoyed, I think, if it was just like, you just can't win. Everything I was just is, surprised you know. by how easy it was. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'll say I did enjoy they didn't make it so hard for Picard to, I mean, as we'll see later in this episode, to convince this watcher that they need to do something and go to it, you know, uh, because it would have been really annoying if it slogged on for a while, like him convincing her who he was and blah, blah, blah. So this is, they're, they're, they're moving things. It's a quick pace, but a pace that I'm enjoying because it's keeping me being like, oh, what is going to happen next? I'm very confused in, mm-hmm. in a good way, in a happy way. Yep. Yeah. No, yeah, very fast paced, very fun. I'm liking all the references. I mean, the Gary Seven stuff was, you know, my perspective on this whole thing too is like, honestly, like everything they've been doing, like even on Discovery, but I mean, especially Picard. Picard loves dropping the references. And like, you have to understand, like right around when Enterprise dried up, there were several years where there were no Star Trek shows on TV. Um, nowadays, yeah. like that sounds ridiculous. The Dark Ages, that's what we refer to <laughs> it as. Ages. And there was a, and there I mean, was a 9-11. Of kind of <laughs> dried the appetite for like hopeful yeah i don't know the most popular true. show on science fiction was like 24 which is just a patently psychopathic show where the united states <laughs> is like always on the verge of collapsing and like your neighbor could be a terrorist and like yeah. in that show like they go through five presidents and several and like one of them just doesn't want the job because of how much it sucks one, like, of, them, one of them has the other assassinated yeah <laughs> and one guy's like killed by the drone strike by a drone strike yep. in the middle of his, like yep. that show was patently psychopathic and very oh, yeah. emblematic of what america was going through at that time that show was wild um crazy no, what about the star trek drought michael <laughs> no no like all i'm thinking is just like as a longtime fan like during those dark ages like before the first jd abrams movie came out it felt like the kind of thing where like star trek history was kind of complete and all these like little loose ends basically just like well i guess they're never going to answer that you know like and right. now we have all these shows where it's just like let's go back and like give you more information yeah, on gary seven there's a part of me that's just like, I, I never thought this was going to happen. I, I kind of made my peace with the fact this was never mm-hmm. going to happen. This is kind of crazy. Yeah. I like this it, for, it, for a world yeah. like Star Trek where there are so many possibilities. But like when they do these things with like sitcoms that have been like tied up nicely, it just it generally makes me end up hating the people they brought back or what they do to the characters. <laughs> sure. So I'm sure. enjoying what they've done with yeah. the part of these folks yeah. because I hate yeah. everyone on Will and Grace now, even though I used to like them. No, <laughs> things that have not really been like everything is kind of open-ended on star trek i feel like you could always just tap back into something anytime i think it's also for the fans it like really makes the whole world of star trek and the fan world just more uh, complex and complicated and fun and you can keep digging in and and wondering about it and i i think star trek knows that when they're writing these shows can we talk oh sorry I was just gonna say it adds to the richness because there's so many like these like weird like super powerful like crazy things that happen. I love the idea that people sometimes forget that she's like, oh right, like there's a there's a race of like people who are like trained that'd be like that'd be like you know who are like watching out the history. Right, that's a thing. Anyway, what are you gonna yeah. do for lunch? Like, yeah, like, it's I forgot like, about right, Gary right. Seven. I can't right. believe we forgot about Gary Seven. Right. Remember when Kirk said there was a crazy time traveler with a shape shifting cat who was uh, in charge of keeping yeah, things on track for history? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that was a thing, you know, like, it's a, <laughs> I kind of love that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Jake, go ahead. Yeah. yeah so, so when Seven and Raffi free, uh, men, well, free all the, all the people on the ice bus, how many of those people do you think survived versus just like died out in the oh desert? Oh my God. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. All of them survived and they all got home to their families and yeah. they all lived happily ever after. Just in the, in the middle of the desert and like. They were twenty minutes know. from a from a from a sitgo. They're fine. They were. Was just, it? They're fine. A sitgo, they a gas go. station. Yeah, yeah I don't know. they yeah. get to the gas station. They'll be fine. 
a very a sympathetic, empathetic gas station that really cares about everyone, no matter where right, they get right, to a cat. You know, like those cactuses. You cut one open. There's a little liquid in there. Yeah, and they can sure, last sure. another day. Yeah, or yeah, two. yeah. <laughs> and they definitely don't have you know ice or border patrol agents roaming the area. Yeah, I mean, this was the point you brought up, saying that like they're going to bring this up and then have no time to delve into it, and then it's just done. yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. just a very like neoliberal take on it, where you like do one little one little yeah. thing against the system, and it may not even be helpful, but you kind of like wash your hands and you're yeah. gone. Yeah, it's the all that. we can do. Yeah. You know what, Jay? Sometimes it's all we can do. No, I, I know. It's just funny <laughs> to be like, yeah. so what happens afterwards? That's all we got. We don't. They're like, we'd love to do that, but really, we want to focus in on the fact that data comes from a lineage of mad scientists who mess right. with people's genes, which <laughs> which, yeah. which I appreciate. <laughs> but it, yeah. it's sort of it's sort of weirdly okay. We we can get to this when it comes up, but it's sort of weirdly like condoning it in a way where it's like, oh, you know this character you liked? Like, here's a string of batshit insane people who led to him. Right. And mm -hmm. but like without them, you don't get this character you love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a uh, <laughs> quandary there. Well, speaking yeah. of that, speaking of that, I'll talk about a little bit about that. So <laughs> yeah, we, we, we come into uh, we come into a, a different part of the world uh, to Adam Soong, an ancestor of Data's creator Noonien Soong, where he's failing to secure funding for his genetics program after performing illegal experiments on soldiers. Uh, Soom is performing the experiments to benefit his daughter, Corey, who resembles the 23rd century synthetic Soji and whose body is so compromised that she has to stay indoors at all times. Q privately contacts Soom and gives him a mysterious substance capable of curing his daughter's condition in exchange for his help on an unknown project. Uh, the miracle substance appears to work only for Corey's condition to rapidly degenerate after stabilizing her. Soon uh, contacts Q for a more p permanent cure. Um, so let's talk a little bit about this sort of soon mm -hmm. soon subplot. Yeah. Well, um, I do like seeing data in this sort of yeah more complicated, um, fascinating kind of evil dude <laughs> character. Yeah. I think it's yeah. great. I love the complex characters that um, at that that actually Brent Spiner's career has been able to to. You know, to play this one character, to be, but to be able to play so many different variations on the character is mm -hmm. is pretty pretty cool. Pretty cool for an actor to have good uh, job stability. Oh yeah, um, yeah, uh, I, um, yeah, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. I like I like, the I like that the, the stuff they use, like what he was using, whatever, to protect her from the sun. Was very similar mm -hmm. to what we see in the future, like guarding the whole planet from the sun. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, they're very yeah. similar technologies. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I also thought it was interesting that uh, it's very in keeping with the soon of uh, uh, his lore history surrounding the soon. The lore, like complete <laughs> the lore of the soon. Like they. Uh, want to create these androids but they always get one thing wrong like they yeah. cannot mm -hmm. get a complete full android and i'm glad that they made this they didn't make it so that he made a perfect android because that it would have ruined everything else we would have had talked about right. and they're, for they're the whole making... series right. well it's sort yeah. of it's sort of the opposite of the whole augment storyline in enterprise which i really yeah. liked mm -hmm. um because there's a lot there about like you know knowledge that you shouldn't touch and how like if you create something perfect it will outlive you and no longer yeah. have any use for you but this is the, the exact opposite right instead of trying to create like superior beings he's trying to Im well okay so I, they I, had I'm said they had said that illnesses, he right? was yeah. yeah he they had said that he was experimenting on soldiers in the military 
Um, so but you get right the now feeling in this, that, oh, sorry. Right now in this timeline, it's supposed to be the post eugenics war, which created um, a con. Um, oh, well, oh, yes, right yes, really? it's post it's post eugenics war yeah, because the, the eugenics 90s, right? war happened in the nineties, which is my yeah. big uh, issue wow. with. No, that I... was definitely the nineties. So this is post eugenics, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. A hundred percent, I am sure. No, no, no. I, I, I agree with you in the sense that in the te- <laughs> in the text, uh, going back to the original series, that definitely happened in the nineties. I feel like this particular show is kind of hedging its bets on like, did that happen or did that? I know, in, I in know, the same I know. Way that when Voyager visited LA that's, in the nineties, that's it was what like, I was going yeah, to say. Everything's fine. They went yeah, to yeah, LA in the nineties, which was supposed to be during the eugenics right. war, and I'm like, right. has anybody seen the Wrath of Khan? Has anybody seen these movies? No, they're very busy. They're very busy trying to make Sarah Silverman a sitcom star. Yeah. So they brought her in yeah. as sort of the comic relief and Tom Paris's mm-hmm. love interest. She and was great. She was I will, great. I, I will well, brook no backs ass about. I, I just, Silverman. I'm just bringing it up. I'm just bringing it up because in the timeline of Star Trek, it's supposed uh, to be post eugenics war and pre World War Three. So this mm-hmm. is where we're sort of uh, existing right. in the Picard uh, okay. Star Trek uh, universe timeline. Chris, I haven't uh, watched all of Voyager, so I thought you were saying that in the Star Trek t- timeline, they say that making Sarah Silverman a sitcom star is what prevents the eugenics wars. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, maybe. Wow, it's- that's crazy. I'm here for that. Like, no, like, yeah. I love that. We need yeah. some more bold ideas. I think it does imply whether there was a eugenics war or not. I think yeah. it does imply that there was something going on. Like there that's was definitely uh, messing yeah. with genes and and mm-hmm. definitely into eugenics. And, so, and in this in this timeline. Yeah, in this timeline, Ray Romano doesn't get the starring role and everybody loves Raymond, and it's a horrible show, and that's why they avoid the eugenics wars. Yeah, because Ray Oh, Romano... I want that. Bring me this, to that timeline. Yeah, this, um, th- this, this reminds me, um, not to add to the homework pile, but as long as we're talking about, uh, you know, extended watching, for extended reading, uh, I know there's a lot of Star Trek novels, and a lot of them are not very good, but, like, they did one in, like, the early 2000s. It was, like, a three... It was a trilogy of books, I think, which took the idea of it was telling the story of the eugenics wars. And obviously at this point, you're just like, well, that happened in the nineties. We're past the nineties. That clearly didn't happen. And the conceit the book did was like, no, it totally happened. It happened behind the scenes. Like everything Mm. that you saw, like, you know, on CNN in the nineties, like here's what was really happening. It was all interesting. Love it. It was like, yeah, okay. it was like Star Trek history told by like Fox Mulder cracked out on cocaine. Right. It was like, no, 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 no. This is the real history behind it. And it was kind of delightful because it was so batshit crazy. It was really, really I love fun. it. I'm going to go with sounds... that. I'm going to go with that. Does that sounds know, awesome. It was really good. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going yeah. to finish out the, the description of this episode so we can get plow on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I do love I do love that we've uh, delved into the, we've solved the problem. So this is we, yeah. we fixed the we figured out where, where the eugenics wow. war happened and uh, good, so good like, job us. Prime so yeah, it was in it was in U- it was in Yugoslavia, right? <laughs> yeah, it was in Yugoslavia, right? Because <laughs> of the U E U. Never mind. That's a while. Yeah. I gotta go. All right. <laughs> so back in the A plot, Picard and the Watcher decide they need to protect Renee until she makes her momentous voyage. And know that she will be vulnerable at an upcoming gala being held for the astronauts. <clears throat> As Picard and the Watcher brief the reunited crew on this mission, Q reveals to Sung that he needs Sung's help in facing the Picard family. Um, desperate to help his daughter, Sung appears to comply with Q's demands. Uh, with the gala being heavily guarded, Gerardi's knowledge of 21st century electronic systems leads her to take point on the infiltration, but she raises suspicion from security and is detained in their control room. 
Um, and allows her to get close to the event security system and the rest of them to get into the gala where she wants to be. But then uh, in the twist at the end, we see that because Picard's trying to get a hold of her, but she's not responding. And we, we find out that the Borg Queen isn't technically dead. She's just inside Gerardi. Dun, dun, uh, dun. Which I was like, this is a very good. I was I was yeah. very pleased with that. I told you. I told you they were going to get together. Go back, yeah. go back to the previous <laughs> podcast because I you said did. it. I said you it. They're going to get together. You did say it. <laughs> so what do we think about the Jurati as Borg Queen new new or do we ship them? Are we, are we oh, I, I I kinda Okay. All right, go Jay. Go. I mean, I don't ship them, but it's riveting to watch like somebody yeah. write a good manipulative character. Like if you yeah. mind the Borg Queen's dialogue, she's so good at pretending that she's empowering Jurati when she's really just taking over. And in fact, like sabotaging her relationships, but then saying like, oh, no, but this is what you wanted to do all along. Or like, you couldn't have done that without me. And it's something that just objectively puts her in a worse position, but mm -hmm. lets her, but convinces her that she needs the Borg Queen. Um, I wanted to talk about Renee, but we should finish talking about Gerardi first. I have more. Yeah, I also want to talk about Renee a little bit. So I do have more respect for Allison Pill after this episode because I've had I've heard people say, "Oh, she's just a, she's such a great actress. She's so great. She's so great." But I hadn't seen it yet. I was mm -hmm. like, "Okay," but I don't know that yet. So in this episode, I'm starting to see a little bit of like what people have been talking about about Allison Pill. Like that was her own voice. That was her singing. Um, that was and, and the way she sort of playing this sort of one person with two personalities inside is very, it's, it's um, a, a subtle. Mm -hmm. yeah. Maybe it's not, it's not over the top, but it's there. Like you can tell that she has changed. So I, I like the nuances um, and the, the complexity that she has brought to the character in this episode. So I kind of like her better with the Borg Queen. And so, so yes. we'll see what happens. <laughs> um, I'm always a sucker for, you know, that conceit of the person who has another person inside. The that came out wrong. No, I mean, uh, <laughs> um, just, you know, just the, um, the, the the person who has a shadow. Yeah. Like, it, it reminds me a lot of um, on the uh, the reboot of Battlestar Galactica early on. with. Um, oh, absolutely. With... with um, What's his name with Baltar and uh, and yeah. I think he's in this next episode shoulder. that's coming tomorrow. I read really? about that. Yeah. Was. Um. So and and I always loved that dynamic. How she was kind of like this devil on his shoulder, basically, um, uh, or angel sometimes. Um. So no, and I, I think Allison Pill's really doing a great job with that tension. Um. No, I'm having a lot of fun with this, even though I'm still trying to figure out what the Borg Queen's end game is. She just wants she to just, make yeah. a friend. <laughs> she just, just take her at her word. She's just trying to be not be alone. Yeah. That's yeah, all it yeah. is. I think I've always got that impression from the board. They just don't like being alone. Mm, they yeah. just well, I mean, need the queen needs the, her drones. She I mean, needs she, her yeah. drones. She has a great opportunity to try and take over Earth right here. Yeah. 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 Well, it's yeah. it's all about making new friends, right? She's right. she's done it in other timelines. She could certainly do it again. True, um, true, true, true. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna. Do, I think I'm gonna dive into the next episode because we're now diving yeah. into some of those things. Oh okay. wait, wait, wait! Can I just say we one thing about Renee really quickly? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I found it really funny how Picard and and the Watcher are talking about Renee, and Picard is suddenly very sensitive to depression. He's like, depression in a human can be debilitating. Like, you know, how's oh. she doing? And then the next line. <laughs> His, his solution for how to handle her until she gets into quarantine is like, can we sedate her? 
<laughs> just like, come on. You can't pretend to like care about her depression and then be like, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll just drug her until That's she can't walk around. back this yeah, decision yeah. anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like the darkest comedy I've seen in a long time. Like, yeah, oh, she's can't... afraid of swimming. Just throw her in the middle of the Pacific and she'll learn how to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, fair. I mean, I think he's. This is what what Picard Ooh. is dealing with. Is how Picard, you know, um, the man, uh, didn't really deal with emotions because he was too busy doing his duty. So this is maybe a reflection of that. So he's like, mm. you know, I want to be sensitive, but also we got to get the job done. We got to serve yeah. the Federation. That's why he needs to get back with Troy because Troy was pretty smart about mm. emotions. She'd she be like, "That's essential. fucking stupid." Yeah, she was yeah. key. Oh. Listen. What, what, b- before we move on, one thing I want to say about the, I know I don't mean to backtrack, but Brent Spiner curses in this episode. I, just oh. found that, I found that disturbing, if only because that's like listening to your old grade school teacher curse. It's like, no, you're not allowed to know that word. <laughs> that my, That's just my thing. I'm sorry. I like that, though. No, he does, he does curse. You're right. Isn't, isn't that <laughs> what a parent-teacher conference is? <laughs> just dropping the F-bomb about your child's that's or right. slash student. That's I mean, right. what, yeah. what, were you, what were you squares doing in school? Because we're on I Paramount did like, Plus, yeah. baby. <clears throat> I did like when he came home from the, that he, could, he, he couldn't murder. He failed murder attempt. And he was like, let me tell you something, daughter. People are idiots. They're all idiots. <laughs> yeah, how <laughs> did she, and, and then she Googles him. And it's like, oh, no, my dad's a horrible, yeah, like, we're getting, we're going to get to that in the, the oh, next yeah. description of the. <laughs> she never <laughs> Googled, she never Googled him before. Okay, yeah, how, continue. how? Okay, yeah. we'll get to that later, I guess. All right, we'll continue. I Let's think go. he just needs to get a Fox News show. I mean, he, I feel like yeah. he has most of the qualifications. Yeah, he's like a Dr. Oz type character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, running for Republican uh, a seat here in uh, Pennsylvania. Anyway, uh, using a concealed device, Gerardi causes the security guards in the control room with her to pass out. Um, and though she initially struggles to free herself from her restraints, oh wait, uh, before I dive into this, they, this whole episode has the conceit of showing us one of the ending scenes where Picard is on the ground and they're attending to him and something is happening. They're calling for, um, for a paramedic because he's been injured in some way. And so as the yeah. episode unveils itself and as I'm describing these events, that's interspersed is what's happening with that until finally we meet with how they end up taking care of him. Okay, yep. cool. So using a concealed device, um, uh, Jurati, yes, causes the security guards in the control room with her to pass out. And though she initially struggles to free herself from her restraints in time to help the rest of the team as they enter the gala, um, she does eventually give more of control of herself to the Borg Queen to gain a modicum of superhuman strength before using the security system to allow Rios, Picard, Seven of Nine, Rafi, and Talon to enter the event right through the front door. And once inside, the group sees Renee, uh, I'm sorry, Renee, uh, mingling with the other party guests with Talon, observing that uh, Renee is hiding a lot under the surface. Because they're like, oh, she looks pretty good. And she says, well, she's really good at hiding it. Um, out of the control room and in the gala, Girardi, Girardi, uh, mm-hmm. agrees, argues, okay, my, let me get my brain together. Gerardi argues mm-hmm. with the queen over why she allowed her to implant her consciousness in her mind, reasoning that the queen was the best guarantee La Serena would have to eventually return to its own time. Um, Rafi then notices that Rios is smitten by that Dr. Ramirez, uh, the physician he encountered when he was arrested, and dissuades him from pursuing a time-displaced romance. Um, and then at the same time as Renee's anxiety builds, she contacts her therapist for support, venting her own fears about embarking on the impending mission. Um, and then with Gerardi not responding to Picard's comm calls, Rios attempts to bring her back into the mission only for Gerardi to impetuously kiss him with a little help from the queen. 
So yeah, a lot of moving parts in this episode. Yeah. Uh, my mm-hmm. goodness. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't say it was with the. Oh, sorry. We didn't talk about the heist movie. Uh, <laughs> these two episodes are very heist movie like. Oh yeah, and they're they both, are. And they're both directed by Frakes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just incidentally. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm like getting the episodes like blurred in my mind what happened in which episode, but I did like the. I kind of like the structure of it of the 34 minutes earlier, 15 minutes earlier. It's very heist movie like. I'm going to say heist movie again. I, heist movie. Yeah. I, I always admire, too, not just Star Trek, but any kind of sci-fi show where people, like, wear jumpsuits or basic clothes all day to, like, have an episode mm-hmm. where it's just like, we're going to send you to a party where you have to get all dressed right. up. I'm like, I, I just, I just, I'm a sucker for that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. When I love, I love the ability that they, they, they dress, you know, give, give Seven Divine all glammed up without her board game plants and let her just be, like, a fun human at a party. Mm-hmm. And you get that great line from... Um, uh, from um, 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 from her Raffi. girlfriend Raffi, thank you. Uh, saying like the... you know, it's just good to see her like so um, so light like that. So without her, yeah, yeah, her, her yeah. She really didn't have much to do. The uh, seven did not have much to do in these two episodes. She was not very. Uh, yeah, it's because Gerardi was taking care of all the Borg biz. Gerardi so was her... doing all this stuff. <laughs> Bro, vibing the, is um, a full time job. Yeah, it's true. Um. Uh. So, uh, what's his face? the rios answered the cigar question that i had in the first episode uh when he was like oh they have real cigars here remember i was going on about how that cigar Uh really bothered me i can't believe they answered that question for me very rarely does do my specific questions get answered on star trek (laughs) so i feel like that was just for me i really did feel like they were talking just to me i did think of you when you said that i was like carrie's gonna be really happy yeah i was i was like thank you cross that off my list (laughs) (laughs) i like how um okay so renee at the bar like she's not really mingling with anyone she's just doing shots by herself yeah (laughs) yeah it's like every single scene you see she just and then the talon and and picard are watching her and talon sees her do her like her her tick right which is to touch her earlobe and talon's like oh downward spiral it looks like she's texting someone she's texting her and i was expecting it to be x because that's how like sane normal people have a downward spiral <laughs> but it's like she's texting her therapist I, th- I thought that's a that's the healthiest downward spiral you can have. yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah text your therapist in your moment yeah. of distress yeah. but now when your therapist is trying to disrupt the time space continuum yeah um, with, therapist uh, happens to be cute yeah. that's unfortunate and oh uh talon was like oh we all check our mobile devices because john luke picard was like she's really looking at that phone a lot and Talon was like, yeah, we all do that. That's a normal thing. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. That was always a little funny. bit always of humor. Yep. That was a little bit of humor always there. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll keep going then on this. Yeah. Uh, deciding to take matters into his own hands, Picard moves to talk with his ancestor, only to be intercepted by Adam Soong, who quietly reveals he is in league with Q and urges him to cease his mission. Um, as a major donor to the event, Soong uses his influence over the board to deal with Picard and his crew, only for Gerardi and the Queen to decide to work together again to intervene. The Queen tampers with the gala's power to give uh, Gerardi a grand musical entrance, succeeding in drawing mm-hmm. attention away from Picard and his associates. Um, however, this control Gerardi ceded to the Queen to accommodate this distraction leads to the Borg taking control of her body. Now, as this was happening... I was like, yeah. is this a dream? So I kept expecting it for her to come out of it and her like 
heard her for like tricked Gerardi into doing it and then yeah. I was like oh no she really just sang this whole room yeah, yeah. and like the band was with her and I was like yeah. this is oh, the I, on the... I, want, I, I wanted to talk it. about this I, I also to... want to talk about this because this it's happens Picard suddenly every... a musical it's yeah. a musical oh, no, or it, suddenly it's... everybody knows the song everybody it... knows what to do the lighting what is... I mean. uh-huh. knows what yes. to do this happens in every movie whenever like there's a band and someone unexpected comes on stage yeah it's always like I'm just gonna do this and you band like you're just gonna have to follow me and the band is always basically just like all right okay yeah, I have the music they for this. Sure. Yeah, like because that's I would be a... not the classic version of that. Song. No, it's a that's... jazzy version of. It's a jazzy yeah. version. Yeah. And, and I would be, I would be okay with it if like the Borg Queen had hypnosis powers or something, or like could, <laughs> could like could, could sort of sort of like mold people psychologically a little bit. But that doesn't. But then like, why do all the song and dance? You could just like mold the people to not care that Picard is there. You know, sure. or, right. Yeah. And I'm also unclear on how much power different people have because Q has the resources to come up with this like a really difficult cure for a genetic syndrome that he gives to Sung's daughter, uh-huh. but mm-hmm. somehow he can't influence this event. And I feel, I'm yeah. curious to see how they explain that. I feel like what that told me is that Q retains his omnipotent knowledge where he could create something like that, but he does not retain like his powers to make something out of nothing okay but um, he yeah. he had enough resources on earth to get this highly specialized medical technology built it's like an advanced vial yeah, because he something. knows all the lottery ticket numbers too <laughs> don't you think i'm serious no this yeah i've seen many a show explain things okay, away by then people he, knowing but then he could just make the donation himself right like he doesn't have to try well and rope i think this, that like, we have unreliable determ- character we have determined that something is wrong with q that's why he yeah. is doing this. Okay. So I think we're gonna find out. This is the halfway point of the season. So we have yeah, yeah. I'm curious to see how they explain. Left. Yeah, and even even when John Q. Delancey was talking, people were asking him like, "Are you sick? What's the deal?" And he's like, mm, "Yes, I can't tell you anymore." So even John Delancey yeah, like, uh, said uh, it. Uh, uh, you didn't I'm, say the I'm, magic word. I can't tell you. I can't I'm tell really, you. Yeah, I'm really curious to see how they explain that. So, yeah, yeah. I mean. And just back one more thing to say about um, the musical number. Um, yeah, I totally get the hardest part would be getting the light lighting cues, which I get why the Boar Queen can control that. Yeah. Although, I mean, I guess it would make sense. Maybe she's um, maybe she's assimilated some humans who are in the theater. <laughs> so that she understands how to get the I, right lighting. I feel like I, think it's... I feel like I've known some lighting technicians in my time who would be in that booth going like, Oh my God! Something unexpected and interesting is happening. Oh my God! I've been training for this moment. This is great. Yeah, right. Someone's this, singing. We're, Put we're, the light on them. We're gonna That's do this true. on the fly. Yeah. That's true. Um, I, I'm yeah. just gonna you go, go with handheld. this musical. <laughs> Suddenly, Picard is the musical. It's the musical episode of Picard, and that's just what happens in musicals. <laughs> well, as a devotee of musicals and musical. Uh, sci-fi episodes a la the Buffy musical which is one of the best episodes of television ever created Um, I'm definitely down uh, for this Um, I just I just wonder whose whose choice was the song was it Gerardi's or was it the Borg Queen Uh was the Borg Queen like I am a huge Pat Benatar fan (laughs) I trust you Gerardi I'm just going to admit it we're going to do we're, we're, we're going to do Shadows of the Night. We're just going to do it. version was... that's popular in Gerardi's time. Sure. Yeah, and I bet it was Gerardi because she that's how she got her. She was like, oh, this is your shower song. 
So I'm going to turn it into a live performance yeah. thing. And that's going to yeah. let all your guards down. Yeah. So you like you, because that's what I tell people who are afraid to sing in public is sing like you're singing in the shower. Sing you let like your guard down. Sing like you're singing in the shower. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then sing like you're board. naked. Sing like you're naked and water is flowing all over you. Sing like the Borg Queen is trying to steal your consciousness for her own personal gain. Yeah. Um, it's great. It's great. I'm going to use that analogy from, from now yeah. on. Um, so continuing on from this wonderful piece. Mm-hmm. Picard finds Renee alone and overcome with anxiety, um, offering choice words of wisdom to console his ancestor and encourage her to rediscover her own determination. And Renee, in turn, asks Picard what he's afraid of, what he's afraid of, and anxious of, triggering him to recall rep- repressed memories from his childhood involving his parents. Um, Picard maintains his composure and escorts Renee back to the gala, only for an incense soon to deliberately hit Picard with his car before speeding off bringing us together with the scenes that have been interspersed, showing him having been hit. Um, Picard is brought into Ramirez's clinic for medical treatment, um, as to not arouse suspicion over his lack of identification if he were admitted to a hospital. (laughs) Ramirez stabilizes Picard's condition, but is puzzled by the strange nature of his synthetic body uh, that (laughs) prolonged Picard's life uh, free of his terminal neurological disorder, which I love that scene (laughs) where she tried to use the... um, the pads and they just like sh- it was a very like zany 80s kind of like well these things aren't going nuts <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> however picard remains comatose with talon deducing she needs to venture into his mind to revive him from being lost in his traumatic memories mm-hmm. uh, meanwhile back at his home a grief-stricken soong vents his frustrations to Corey, visibly unsettling her and finally as we mentioned earlier Corey digs into her father's files uh, only to discover his long history of illegal, illegal genetic inspar- experiments, which we're not sure exactly uh, who these people are he's experimented on, but they seem to be kids who are growing up, possibly his own. Um, it's really quite disturbing. Um, certainly would be discovering to find that if that was your parent doing it. And that's yeah. where they leave us at the end mm-hmm. of the episode. Mm-hmm. 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 I mean, yes, you'd, yes. Think, you'd think that she had the internet this whole time, right? Because she's lived her whole life indoors minus some like minor excursions under she a never drone thought. shield she never thought to google her father she well maybe he genetically uh, bred a curiosity out of her <laughs> <laughs> he's like i want you to be real agreeable yeah. uh, apparently not well enough <laughs> yeah uh. because she even like you know when he when he says hey i like i fixed you her reaction is like why aren't you telling like asking me to like look over every single step of the solution with you like we normally do so she clearly is curious and mm-hmm. yeah. smart yeah. to some degree yeah yeah i think i think they i think for the once again for the val not once again but for the value of the shock of it all like because i think we're in this in this scene then we're seeing the shock because we're also learning this about him kind of too the extent of it through her eyes um which makes it all the more horrifying um it's like are you even his actual child are you some child that was kidnapped like you know that those are the questions that run through my mind how is there not a pop oh sorry it's okay i'm gonna change the subject me too Okay, I'm gonna. I'm more interested in Talon's uh, tool, like a very Doctor Who kind of sonic screwdriver tool. It's a mm-hmm. neuro optic interceptor, which is probably the most powerful instrument and like more powerful than anything else anybody's got. It's from whatever alien species has trained her and sent her back to Earth to be a supervisor. So she's got alien technology. So from the time she's works. gonna. She's from the Time Lord. So she's going to go inside of Picard's consciousness. She's going to do like a reverse uh, consciousness 
reverse double axle thing. And she's going to go inside of his consciousness and see what's up. So that's going to, I think that's going to be the next episode. And I'm interested to see mm-hmm. what that mm-hmm. is going to be all about. Yeah. <clears throat> I think we're going to finally get to see some of all of these little flashbacks that the card is having and like find a little bit more about that. I hope. Yeah. Of the, of the domestic scene back at Chateau mm-hmm. Picard in yeah. his childhood. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do like also that they they are really kind of playing up this semi semi um, time time opposed romance between Rios and Dr. Ramirez. I think um, they they have good chemistry, which I yep. like. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that thing where you could always become your own ancestor, and that's just a thing that you don't want to be involved in. You know, no, yeah, that's, true. <laughs> that's very true. No. <laughs> you don't want to be your own great great I am great, my own no. great grandpa. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's 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 not as fun as it sounds. No. No. Okay. Mike, wanna, Mike coming from personal experience. Thing? Yes. Yes. If well, you... well, I didn't know if I wanted to tell this story on this particular episode. But... Mike, who loves humans within humans. Right. Mm-hmm. I have a theory. Okay, I have a theory for how for what's gonna unfold. So Q wants to prevent um, Rene Picard from going onto this Europa mission. Mm-hmm. What Renee Picard's claim to fame is, is that she finds an organism on a planet that she believes to be sentient and brings it back. So that's what he's trying to prevent. So if that's our mm-hmm. like essential, like, oh, there's life out there in the galaxy beginnings, mm-hmm. he might be trying to twist it into um, whatever's on Europa is bad or something or like mm-hmm. more you know more xenophobic uh so we we never really leave the planet again yeah or or so something something along those lines i'm feeling because why else would you be trying to prevent renee picard from going on this mission because that's the one thing that she finds up there and Mm. brings back this sentient organism to earth um i i keep thinking about um you know the first contact with the vulcans i think and just thinking you know, if that's what's supposed to happen in history, does that jibe with, because that's post-World War Three, right? Where the idea mm-hmm. is aliens discover us and that kind of mm-hmm. causes us to kind of clean up our act. I don't know. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. it could be good. It's possible. Yeah. 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 But I, I think, I think what Rene Picard is character is inferring is that that's the first time that people of Earth thought that maybe we're not alone in the galaxy yeah, expands the mind mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> okay yeah okay all right mind. okay mm-hmm. i can mm. see that yeah i think it's definitely going to be something to do with what she the success of that mission you know mm-hmm. um and her uh and her overcoming whatever you know her depression and her anxiety and um all the all the things that q has implanted in her brain yeah um, <laughs> But also, she looks damn good in that dress. I mean, get her out yeah. of a spacesuit, let her travel in a... <laughs> yeah. Just beautiful gowns all the way to Europa. That's my that's my <laughs> for the Europa mission. Beautiful gowns. Uh, <laughs> but I'm deeply excited to see this next episode. They really, they've hit their stride, I think. And I've really enjoyed this these past few ones. And yep. I'm excited to see what's next. Mm-hmm. Does anyone yeah. have any sort of final thoughts or other things they wanted to talk about before we close this one on out i think we forgot to note actually because uh leah thompson directed episodes three and four and she actually oh and she's in this one yeah five. yeah yeah as the, um, she's one of the board members who shuts down dr soon right um 
And I thought that was really fun, especially because episode five is when we really, we, we've done it before in, in Enterprise with the Augment story, but now we're going whole hog on the idea of like, oh yeah, the songs, they all look like Brent Spiner. You know, it's so like, we're, we're, we're completely borrowing the Back to the Future logic now, where it's just like, yep, they all look alike. It's fine. Did you, Michael, did you also notice that sitting next to Leah Thompson was a Rajenko, was a Dr. Rajenko, oh, really? who was an ancestor oh, of the Rajenkos that adopted oh war? Wow. They threw that in there. They threw hey. that in there. Yeah, I was I like, like I know that name. Yeah. <laughs> I love cool. this, but at a certain point, it's just like, how much nepotism is involved in the Star Trek universe that only these families are in places of import? Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to see like a janitor whose last name is Bashir or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, no, that'd be perfect. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, right? Like... Right? Just like. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, a DMV agent whose last name is <laughs> Troy. <laughs> I love that so much. So cool. That would be. Yeah. There were other some. There were some other little background things that I I I discovered. Apparently, there's references to the showrunner. The showrunner of this show also did twelve a sci-fi show called Twelve Monkeys, which I yes. never saw. Yeah. But put in so many references to the world of Twelve Monkeys and okay. Picard. Okay. So I like all of the names of these organizations and yes. et cetera, et cetera, mm. yes. are all Which... 12 monkeys references, but I've never saw the show, but I just have show to read that. Yeah, there's show a movie, movie and then there's a TV show. The movie is the a, TV a very... show. Yeah. TV yeah. show. The, yeah. Yeah. He, he ran the TV show. The TV show is based on the movie, but the reason they did that is because he wanted to do a sci-fi show is about time travel. And Sci-Fi yeah. Channel was like, no, base it on this movie. And he was like, all right, fine. <laughs> so the first season is... <laughs> based on the movie and then at a certain point it lasts for four seasons around season two they're like fuck the movie we're doing our own thing the show is really really good the show's really good and do you know really the like fe- maybe i'll watch it maybe i'll watch the it. female lead do you know her the blonde that blonde woman i forget yeah. her name amanda shul yes amanda shul do you know her, her her first big break what that was uh the movie center stage i believe yes thank you michael will you marry me that's the right answer <laughs> <laughs> has been made today she's come a long way in the acting since then i love that movie so damn much and she's so good in it and she dances so beautifully but there's not yep. there's not a lot of like ex- excellent acting going on in that movie <laughs> i mean you got young zoe saldana oh yeah being true I mean, that's very true that's, that's very yes. true i agree you have Ilya um, kulik a silver medalist uh figure skater playing a, a ballet dancer because that's the same skill right sure of course yeah um, <laughs> Like, Chris, you, you came prepared for this conversation, but Mike Henley's brain is just connected to IMDb at all times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not, Michael you're Henley not did, not, did not need to up. look that up. Yeah, he's, 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 the Reg, he's Reg Barkley-ing um, IMDb. He's just in a chair being like, ding, 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 the full, the full. It's, it. it's it. specific to most movies that were released between, like, I don't know, like 1994 to, like, 2007. I don't know. Uh, I think I get it, down there. Post, post that gets a little spottier. Uh, I also wanted to mention too the little card that uh, Doctor Soon's 3D printer uh, makes. Oh, I called at, it. Uh, Q- yes, the phone number is real. <laughs> so good. You called it. Yeah, yeah I called you, the did you yeah. call it? Yeah. What is it? What's Q? on the other? It's like it reach the, the Q continuum. There's a don't no leave way, a message. So we already awesome. know what you're thinking, and we don't care. It's very funny. It's, it's, it was so funny. Yes. Oh my god, I love that. That it's is so good. awesome. It's that every, is so awesome. I like that's not a five 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 number. What are they trying to do here? Yeah. Yep, it's a real very number. Good. That's amazing. <laughs> Did that? Those Star Trek people—they really know how to get us. They really know how to get us. 
They really have our little nerd numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, on that note, my friends, um, any mm-hmm. final thoughts or recommendations uh, of other things you're enjoying as well? Um, I think that you should just, you know, watch The Ready Room after Picard because there's so many more interests. The, the actors, when they talk about the preparing for the roles and, and they, they discuss what their own personal, you know, backstory is for that character when they're doing the character and, and it, it makes you appreciate it a little bit more, I think. Love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. During season three, do you think they're going to continue the ready room? Because if they are, do you think it's going to be a bunch of Will basically going like, I wish I was in this episode? <laughs> yeah, I think it will. I think they will do that. I, I mean, he's so. got to pay the bills. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. think the ready room will just become Will Wheaton crying. Yeah. He's going to do it for all the Star Trek shows. He's going to do it. He's More like the wailing room, am I right? Yeah, uh, that's I, 100% good I one, my right. friend. You know what? You maybe that. maybe we could do a petition and he can get in like a post-credit scene or something. Or they or or they do a thing where they just pop him, they just interject him into every scene. He's just there being like, yeah. but not saying anything. <laughs> Mike, Henley, like, I, Mike Henley, I think your jokes are also sourced from IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> the internet... It's the metadata joke based. It, I got nothing. You know metadata. Metadata. They're sourced from IMDb circa the message boards from 2007. But don't worry. I know what you're all thinking. I did purge. <laughs> I, I purged all of the racism, which there was a lot. <laughs> mm. <I would> imagine. <laughs> Just saying. It was a lot, imagine. but I got rid of all of it. Well, you saved the day there. Then. You <laughs> don't saved us. Um, I don't have any final thoughts on this episode apart from the fact that i'm excited i will say i've been re-watching i've been on a little bit of and i think maybe i've mentioned her before this is outside star trek but maria bamford is an incredible comedian mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i am re-watching her tv show lady dynamite on yeah Netflix, and it is oh. a real zany old joy i mean it's just i mean out of left field in every direction and well worth it and very funny and um uh, i highly recommend it as uh, something to, to throw on the old screen there uh, awesome I recommend naps. Naps. <laughs> now that's short for new at people sex. Nope. S- <laughs> Whoa. Wow. 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 Um, wow. I really recommend the show Station Eleven, which we just started watching, oh, uh, which so is good. very, very good. Uh, we're liking it a lot. Um, oh, oh, yeah. sorry. Go ahead. You just yeah. maybe think of something else after you're done. It just. No. Yeah, I was just going to say I like a lot. It's. It's uh, it's based on a novel from a couple years ago, and I like that they're expanding on it. Very interesting way. It's um, it's a dystopia, but it's a dystopian fiction in a way where it's just like I have not seen that particular you know type because it's much more about people not just surviving but kind of thriving in their own way, yeah. and it's it's very very pro art, you know, mm-hmm. um, and and I really like it a lot. It follows a, a traveling um, theater troupe around like twenty years after this like global flu. Yeah. Um, it's really fa- it's really fascinating. A great re- a great read and a great watch. And Deborah Cox is in it. Yes. <laughs> Among yes. many other fine actors. What uh, what I was going to say is Halo is surprisingly good. Is it? If it you looks haven't good. watched Halo, it's okay. it, I, I was like skeptical of it. I was like, let's give it a try. But now I'm like, oh my god, this is show is good. This is a okay. good show. Right. So I I would give that a try. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, as as someone who has never played the games, but somehow found myself in a black hole of 
people who had played the games going like oh, this looks Sam. terrible this looks terrible and all i could just be like i don't know what you're it looks fine i don't get it like you know like it's, yeah it's, no i've never played the games and i don't care and like the, i was yeah. saying before i'm a fan of the fandoms <laughs> so i uh appreciate it but like a story storyline wise this is a good show interesting all right yeah well, on that note, my friends, uh, thank you for joining me for this episode of The Prime Subjective. And we're going to end this episode with... Um, Shadows of the Night. Shadows of the Night, yes. Lead us <laughs> off, Carrie. <laughs> we're running with the shadows of the night.